History is full of wealthy hedonists and lavish figures who spend their lives chasing aesthetic pleasures. Yet, nobody lived a life of vanity as absurdly as Lord Henry Paget, an aristocrat who spent billions on all things pink and shiny. Today, we are talking about Lord Henry Paget. Uh, as I said, he was a very wealthy aristocrat uh, who lived. He was born in Wales and lived quite an interesting life there and is noted by many historians today as one of the most lavish aristocrats of his time. And he was really just over the top in all things aesthetic. I like him already. Yeah, this is your type of person. I, <laughs> I mean, come on. I was laughing writing this and doing the research because I was like, this is so ridiculous over the top. And I think Levi's going to get a kick out of this. Fantastic. So let's dive into it. Henry Paget is known as the fifth Marquis of Anglesey, which is the, the town that he's from because he's the fifth Henry Paget in line to inherit his wealth and his family's everything. Uh, he was born in 1875 on June 16th in Wales. And he comes from this very, it's a wealthy, respected military family. His great, great, great grandfather was a really respected war veteran. Um, so it's a very, it's a militant family. Uh, his mother's side of the family was the military side, but she was kind of like a rebel child type of person. And they don't really know who his father was. She was married to uh, another respected military man, but she was known to have cheated on him a lot. And she actually went to France at one point in Paris. And she slept with this French actor who many believe is the actual father of Paget, but it's no one totally knows. Wait, for so sure. he's fifth in line and he's the fifth of his name, but they don't know who his father is? Well, they think that his father is is the this French guy, but he grew up in the Paget family or Paget family rather. Okay, if that makes sense, because they don't know. They think he was a bastard child, so he was kind of always treated like a black sheep because of this. Uh, so he grew up as a little kid in France in Paris um, under this French actor guy and <laughs> with his mom, but his mom died at, when he was only two years old, and so his and his father, the actor. His, quote-unquote father we don't know if it's a biological one but the guy that was raising him he was an actor and he was left him to go travel across europe so he was raised by his aunt in paris until he was eight years old and at age eight he returns to wales to live in a giant gothic mansion with his father of the military family so this guy was pretty much never around and so henry spent his time he had a nanny who was this old lady and so he spent his time with this really old woman and then he had the, they called it an army of pets. He had about 200 pets, mostly dogs. Um, but he also had a lot of like cats and birds and stuff like that. So he was pretty much. Anything exotic or like just house pets? Uh, he'll, he buys exotic stuff down the line. But as a kid, I think they were just normal house pets. Um, but he was incredibly wealthy, like ridiculously. The family was making about $55 million a year. And their like net worth as a family was billions. Uh and they had their the property was thirty thousand acres, so he was just on this giant, cold, lonely property. How did they make their money? Uh, they owned a mill, I believe. They basically owned a bunch of like farmland, and they had people make crops for them, and that was it. And that was the whole thing. And they also had like a lot of wealth from being in the government and military, I believe. But it's not super clear on how they. <laughs> it's corrupt. It's you know. It's right, family sure. wealth. So he's living there. And then at 23 years old, Henry's dad dies. So he inherits the wealth 
which is, you know, about a billion dollars of inheritance. Sure. Right, right. Was, We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy is really indulgent. He is obsessed with vanity, specifically jewelry. And so normally, like his normal spending habits, he'd be walking around town. He'd stop in the jewelry store and buy out the whole lot of just all, all of their finest diamonds. He'd walk in and be like, I'll take. <laughs> he was the lot demander? He was the lot demander. Demanded <laughs> a lot of gems. I'll take the lot. <laughs> uh, he was constantly walking around covered in silk and gold. Uh, mm. He had gems, heads to toe. There's a lot of pictures of him. He was obsessed with himself and photography. If you can see the picture on the stock <laughs> at the top. Right. He's just, to describe him, he's a very tall, skinny, lengthy guy uh, with a mustache and kind of long hair. But it wasn't his real hair, his wigs. He wore a lot of powdered wigs and all that. Sounds familiar. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so they, they found... Um, he had 30 pairs of pure silk pajamas, 100 mm-hmm. pairs of authentic crocodile skin boots. Also sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, the gold. Very Manafort-esque. Right. He had a golden cigarette holder studded with rubies. <laughs> <laughs> he had over 400 different styled suits, numerous feathered hats, um, and he had the world's largest walking stick collection. See, but how they even keep track of that at the time? Well, the, they counted everybody's walking sticks. I don't know. I think he boasted about it a lot. He was really into walking sticks. He had like canes. No, just, just no one ever challenged him. <laughs> yeah, on. he's just, I have them. I all. have the world's largest walking stick collection. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he purchased hundreds of pets, back to the pet thing. So cats, he had snakes, lizards, a bunch of exotic birds, primarily a dogs. So he had a pink, his favorite was his pink poodle that he was often seen shopping with. So he had a- Was it bred to be pink or did he dye it? Uh, they had it. He had it dyed like every week, yeah. so it was just yeah. permanently pink. It was just bright <laughs> right. pink. Yeah, there's pictures of it. It's ridiculous. But no giraffes or like elephants or anything. The fun ones. No, he had a lot of he had um like cobras and cool snakes and things like that, but nothing nothing big and crazy. You can't ride a snake though. No, you- <laughs> that's all. I'm, I mean, that's all I'm saying. I can't feed my cobra from the balcony of my estate. <laughs> So one of Henry's biggest splurges and most bizarre ones, he had a car that was custom built. It was designed to resemble a Pullman railway carriage. It had four leather armchairs in each corner. Mm. Uh, It was polished mahogany woodwork. The best kind (laughs) of woodwork. It was decorated. The interior is decorated in the style of Louis the 15th. Decorations on the ceiling. So very Victorian. And its most bizarre feature was that the exhaust pipe was designed to release perfume to mask the gas. So you'd ride around in the <laughs> what? Like, Wait, what? Yeah. It shot, it sprayed perfume out the back. It was ex- like ridiculously so, expensive. Like the pollution would just smell nice as he yeah. went across the countryside? Yeah. So people, he'd drive past and everyone would just be like, oh, what is this? It's just perfume spraying out the back <laughs> of the car. But it would still mix with the exhaust. So it would just be. <laughs> no, he, it was like overwhelming perfume, I believe. <laughs> it worked. I mean, people people knew him as the perfume guy. Oh. So later, a couple of years, about three years after his dad dies, Henry marries his cousin Lily at age 26, which is weird. We all know. But at that time, it wasn't that bizarre. Why does Unsung so, have so many yeah, yeah, marriages, marriages in the family already? Yeah. It's been... I mean, it's been three episodes well, and two of them. Even at that time, they weren't... A, they were outlawing in, like ancestral marriages unless he basically has to agree that um they wouldn't have sex 
to get married. It was bizarre. But the reason that they did it, most historians believe the reason they got married was to keep like the wealth and the family, the money and the family, yeah, and enhance it. You know, you know how it goes, as you do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But apparently, he was he was really kind to her. And on their honeymoon, they went to Paris, and Henry noticed Lily. She was admiring a necklace in the window of a jewelry shop. So he goes inside and buys the entire jewel- lot of jewelry for her. Yes. <laughs> he buys the entire yes. storehouse. <laughs> uh, Everyone's dream. Right. But this actually, she wasn't like that. She, it was, she was embarrassed by it, but he made her wear the diamonds. He's like, well, you have to. So she, The entire store's worth at the same time? Uh, not all at once, but she was covered like head to toe in them, basically. You'd imagine it'd be pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so she was embarrassed by it, but he you know, would make her do it. A lot of historians I was reading thought that he was gay. They thought he was a homosexual. One specific historian that was researching Henry Paget, Paget uh, she, she, she <laughs> one of these days you'll get the pronunciation right. Yes, she specifically thought that he was a, he died a virgin, likely because he was homo. She most historians believe he was homosexual, but it was so that was so ostracized at the time that he likely didn't have sex with any men, and he definitely never had. What sex gave with it his away? Wife. The perfume exhaust, the alligator boots. Or the- <laughs> well, they know he never had sex with his uh, wife, according to her. She, more power to right. Him. She said that um, what he would actually do is he would lay her in his naked, laid naked in his chaise lounge, right? Chaise. <laughs> and then he would cover her entire body in all of his diamonds. <laughs> oh my god! And he would just sit there. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. he would sit there and stare at her for an hour, and then just he wouldn't even touch himself. He would never touch her. He would just stare at her naked, covered. Just stare in diamonds. at the diamonds yeah. on her naked. <laughs> so I mean, come on. And she, his wife, refers to him as a classic narcissist, and she said that the only person he could ever make love to was himself. So <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of guy we're talking about here. <laughs> Paget opened a theater on his estate, so this was his next big thing. He tore down the family chapel because he wasn't he denounced religion, and he built a theater on top of it. And the, so this, you know, pretty pissed off his family because he just tore down their family chapel and built a theater. And it right. had uh, originally it was 150 seats, but he ex- expanded it to about 300 seats. And he was originally promoting shows that he produced, but nobody was going except for his own servants. So he he decided <laughs> again. <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> so he later uh, hired um, a professional theater company from London to perform at his theater, and he started selling some real shows. The catch, though, this is my favorite part of this whole thing. Uh, he would rewrite parts of these famous plays, so like Aladdin and Macbeth and stuff like that. And he, yeah. a lot of them are musicals. He would add an entire twenty-minute scene in the middle of it, just totally out of you know, out of the out of the plot. <laughs> yeah, he just insert a twenty-minute scene of himself, and he would come out dressed in a silk. Um, a, <laughs> he'd come out in a silk turquoise. Oh, no. uh, it had turquoise gems. It was a silk dress with turquoise gems, and he would wear a headdress made of peacock feathers. And this guy's amazing. He would perform a twenty-minute improvised dance sequence <laughs> that was completely <laughs> irrelevant to the oh, plot, no. and he referred to it as his butterfly dance. <laughs> and he would do this, and the audience members were so just enchanted by it, like it was almost hypnotizing. And many, it sounds incredible. They just, I mean, they described it as a snake dance more, like he was kind of like a snake, but he called it his butterfly dance. And 
people thought it was so crazy or hilarious <laughs> that they had to see it. It was just so ridiculous because he would come out. Like, right. Imagine you go see Phantom of the Opera and just <laughs> they just cut into a sequence and out comes this guy just ridiculously dressed and he does a 20 minute improvised dance. So that blew him up. He got really popular kind of as a meme in his time. And so he went on tour across the UK for a couple of years with his theater company. And then it kind of slowed down to stop selling out shows. It got old. Uh, and his spending habits started to catch up to him and he ended up being in debt a quarter of a billion dollars. So it's 250 million. Yeah. That's yeah. Too bad. <laughs> and so he, the guy who covered his wife in diamonds, <laughs> that, that guy's in debt. That's crazy. A quarter of a billion. He seemed like such a responsible spender. So, so he declared bankruptcy and the banks came and collected all of his stuff. So that's how... Sounds familiar. That's how they were able... I read the story. I didn't put this in the notes, but I read the story about how they started auctioning off a lot of his things and he would go to the auctions and the... um. What do you call the guy who runs the, uh, the auction? Auctioneer. The auctioneer. Yeah. <laughs> So the auctioneer, um, he would walk up to where he would, you know, be doing the whole show, and it, he, he took the auctioneer's gavel and put his yep. foot up on and made the guy use his ankle as a gavel, like he's just being a seductress. <laughs> his diamond-studded yeah. heel, and so that was a little fun fact I read about him. But he was auctioning. That's how they have, uh, you know, records of all of the stuff he owned because they literally had to count it all and take it. Yeah. So he declares bankruptcy. He's only 28 years old. This is five years after he inherited the wealth. He blew through it all. And his debt was so bad, his wife left him. And, uh, you know, all file of his relationship with his family were destroyed. His family hated him and were just <laughs> thought he was the worst. Because this is like a, line, you know, it's a military family, very conservative people, private about right. their wealth. And this guy is just the total opposite, um, spent all of it. So they basically disowned him, and the banks... He's a cartoon character. It's incredible. He still owed money, and the banks were after him, so he fled. He left the country and went to Monte Carlo, where he lived, which is in uh, Monaco. And that's where he lived for a little bit, and he was still kind of wealthy. He was still making some money from selling jewels on the street, basically. He was living in a hotel. So after five months of hiding out in Monte Carlo... Uh, Paget dies of pneumonia at just age 29. So really young guy, just lived a really short life. And in his obituary, the writers were really aggressively brutal. And they, st they stated the sad end of a wasted life, a strange, oh a strange repellent spirit, opaquely incomprehensible and pathetically alone. So yeah, wow. really just, I mean, again, Sounds familiar. It's just, it's just, it's, right. uh, oh, yeah. But what's fun yep. is, uh, this is this is a history podcast. It's not actually current events. <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not, it's not. It's oh, actually not current so events. today though, uh, he's still kind of relevant. I, I, his name's not famous. Nobody really knows this guy. It's hard to find a lot of information. I had to do a lot of digging on him because I was so mm -hmm. intrigued. But I actually found him reading about uh, a really rare musical which came out about him. It came out in 2007, so 11 years ago. It's called Gloria Days. Uh, and it tells the story of Lord Henry Paget, the fifth Marquis of Anglesey. And it deeply examines his psyche. And, um, you know, it, I guess it pays homage to the butterfly dance at one point. So literally in the musical, they have a, bar, a scene that cuts out into the yes. story. <laughs> and someone comes out and does a butterfly dance for about 20, 20 minutes. Yeah, That's great. 
I mean, you can't have it without that. No, you can't like yeah. do a musical about I mean, him. I guess without his signature. Apparently, move. his theater still exists. I don't know if it's still functioning or not, but uh, I know you can like go tour it. And so, I would love to go. My dream would be to go see Gloria Days in Henry Paget's theater and watch the <laughs> the butterfly <laughs> dance scene. But that's yeah, that's his story. Henry Paget spent his life in wealth and isolation, unlimited power and fortune, yet no love or affection anywhere. He surrounded himself with beautiful objects and animals, and yet was never truly fulfilled. In six years, he spent over one billion dollars on lavish items, like a perfume-exhausting car and his own theater company. He was crippled by debt and died sick and alone, with a legacy of vain, over-materialistic, hedonist who wasted his short life. Sounds familiar. <laughs> well, we made it, folks. We <laughs> survived the tale of the extraordinary Lord Henry Paget. The extraordinary. <laughs> I like him. Let me bring up the. Uh, some people, some yeah, people like too. actually like kind of adored him. I was reading, um, like a lot of people in the in the gay community, sort of idolized him as not for his vanity, but for the way he expressed himself in a time that was. I mean, he's the definition of glamorous. Yeah. And like that was it's... in a period where if you were gay, that would that's like worthy of like exile. And so he he didn't right. care. He flaunted it in the face of it. <clears throat> yeah. Good. So. Interesting fair character. <laughs> got anything else? That's all I've got. What do you, what do you have? That's all you got. <laughs> uh, what do I have? Well, you can also listen to episode four, which also came out today. And I won't tell you the name, but you can probably see it. Right, because it's listed <laughs> right above this one. But I highly recommend you go <laughs> listen to it because uh, she is a, an incredible character and an amazing life story. So go listen to episode four. What about you? <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for listening to Unsung. We'll be back next week with two new stories on Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you like it and leave us a review. Five stars to let us know what you think. Unsung is researched and written by Ryan Muskin. Production and music by Levi Rainey. Levi did a great job on the music, didn't he, everybody? Let's all give him a round of applause. Yeah. I haven't even done it yet. You can't <laughs> applaud me. I haven't done this episode. This is pre-production, pre-production. Right, (laughs) just production, really, because we're we're currently. Yeah, it's not post, but it's. it's, I forgot to press record. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you forgot to press record. Yeah. Oh yeah. I believe it this time. Same jokes, folks. Same jokes. Really good, really good stuff. Needs new writers, everybody. If anyone wants to apply to be a new joke writer on Unsung, please email us. Thank you for listening, everyone. See you in episode four. Thanks. Bye.